since the beginning of the foundations of this world, God wanted you and I to walk in rest. There was no issues, no trouble, no sin, no problems. That's how God designed it. But he knew Satan would come in and upset things, so he had another plan. Restoration has come through Jesus Christ. And all you got to do is receive what's already been done for you. So today, I'm going to talk to you about how to receive that restoration. And that it's already been done for you. It is God's plan and it is your blood bought right. Not your blood, Jesus' blood. So stay tuned for more. I'm Pastor Fred and this is Winning in Life. Let's go. Welcome to Winning in Life with Frederick Leon, a teaching ministry made possible by the friends and partners of Victorious Life Ministries. Our goal is to provide you with an understanding of God's grace and empower you to live life as a champion. So listen to this message and get ready to start winning in life. Hallelujah, and thank you for joining me here on Winning in Life. I am your host, Frederick Leon, and this is a beautiful day in Jesus Christ, in the neighborhood, in the kingdom of God, where you and I dwell. That's where we are. That's where we live. We are not from this place. We live here, but we are not from this place. We are from another kingdom, and that kingdom is the kingdom of God. That's where God wants us to dwell. I thank you for joining me here. It is always a blessing to come to you. I don't come to you on my own. I come to you in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want you to know that today we're going to be talking about restoration, receiving all things that's been made available to you through Jesus Christ. Did you know that you and I were designed to have to to never have to walk in defeat? That's how God designed Adam. Now, if you ever listen to my broadcast or you ever listen to my podcast, you ever listen to my, my messages, you know that I've talked about the kingdom of God and one of the principles, uh, uh, or benefits of the kingdom of God is restoration. And I talked about being restored as kings. Now, we're kind of talking about that still today, but not in totality. We're really talking about restoration from attacks because a lot of people have been going through attacks. I have faced attacks. Other people have faced attacks. Well, what you doing? You mean you face attacks? Look, just because I teach the word doesn't mean that we won't face adversity or you won't face trials. Jesus told you you would. And he says to be of good courage, I have overcome the world. And you need to know you're an overcomer. Matter of fact, First John chapter 5 tells us that. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Our faith. Our faith in ourselves? No, our faith in what Jesus Christ has done. And so you need to understand that rest is what Adam walked in until he uh, disobeyed God. And Satan took that rest from him. He took that 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 victory from him. And now Satan... Uh, uh, the word is, uh, he came in and, uh, he rearranged things. He came in and he made things perverse, uh, which means it wasn't the way God intended it after Satan took it over. And, and obviously we know why that's the case. Satan is at odds with God. He's an enemy against God. And if you live in God, he's an enemy of yours. This world, for the most part, is an enemy of yours. You got to love them and you got to teach them. And you got to show them the right way. But it, it's, it's, it doesn't. God says they hated me. Therefore, they're going to hate you. And so you see all types of things going on in the earth, all types of disasters, all types of troubles, all types of political issues, all types of financial issues, all types of health issues. What is our rescue for that? Rest. Excuse me. Restoration. Restoration is what Jesus came to give us on that cross. So before we get into this, you're going to see me walk some things from the Old Testament into the New Testament because the Old Testament is a shadow of what was about to happen through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So we're going to pray. We're going to get right into it. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come before you. Thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. God, I know that you love them. I know that you're for them. I know that you're with them. And I just thank you, Father God, that today... 
you will use my vocal cords. It is not of me, it's all of you. That these words will go forth uninterrupted, unhindered by any satanic or demonic force, but they will fall forth freely, Father. And I thank you, Father God, that your words will not return to you void, but they will accomplish the, 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 Every aspect of what you intended for them to accomplish, they will accomplish the plans, the purposes, the pursuits that you want them to accomplish in every person and listener to this broadcast, on this broadcast, on the podcast, and every other place this message is released. Father, I thank you for the victory. I thank you, Father God, for their ears open up to hear the word of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Father God, that it is your Holy Spirit that speaks today. And only him in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, before I really get into the message, I'm just learning how to daily walk with God. I had some attacks, you know, and I can be transparent. God's showing me how to win. You know, I let some things that come in and it created just, uh, um, I'm not ashamed to say it because I'm not fearful. I'm really not fearful of things. But I had some things that happened to me and it triggered some stuff and I didn't know it was there. And it caused what, you know, we believe to be like anxiety or anxiousness in some things. And I didn't even know it was there. And it's, and it's just this little, it's one, this one little area, but every time something happens and it's just like a trigger and it feels like anxiousness to me. And I, and, and I have to control, uh, it's not a panic attack. I just have to go somewhere, get my mind right and then get at ease. And, uh, and, and you know, it may be to some people like a panic attack, but I'm not, I don't feel myself panicking. And I say that out of honesty, we go through things. I have to live this word out as I teach it. And and so I shared it with you because I, I spent some time away and God showed me some things like, here's what you do and, and let that go and give it to me. And it's working and it's worked. And I'm just telling you that spending one-on-one time with God will help you get answers to things that you didn't think you let in, but God showed you, you let it in and he wants to show you how to deal with it so you can have victory. So that's part of restoration. That's part of what we're talking about. God wants to restore you. Say that with me. God wants to restore me. God wants to restore you. God is restoring you. God has restored you. What do I mean by that? So that's all that's operating. The principle of restoration, the process is a better word of restoration is ongoing for you. You can receive restoration from grace as a gift. Grace is a free gift. And with grace came restoration. You understand that? Jesus has restored you. Now, what did he come to do? He came to redeem you. Let's, and let's jump to that. Let's go to, I wasn't even going to start there, but I'll start there just as a thing. Cause most of you understand being redeemed. Uh, and we talk about redemption all the time, but I don't know if we see it from God's point of view, what occurred with that redemption. So you need to, you need to draw from this, draw in it, draw, draw the clear picture of what's happening, right? So we'll go to Colossians chapter one. It says verse 13, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translate us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Okay. Now, most of us will stop right there. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means I'm, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. Okay. It does. It means I got eternal life, but redemption didn't just redeem you from sin. It redeemed you from the causes and effects of sin. And that process is restoration. And it comes as you walk out the word of God in your life. You get restored in those areas. That's why it's important to spend daily time with the father in the word, especially concerning things that you balance or dealing with. But even before you start balancing things, you get a 
a knowledge and a wisdom that's downloaded into you from God by reading his word concerning things such as financial, how to deal with finances, how to be a good steward, how to budget correctly, how to be frugal in what you're spending, how to spend with, with God in mind and talk to him about it, how to live a healthy life, what to eat, what not to eat. God will talk to you about those things, how to treat people in a loving way. What Those things are walking you back to who you were before the foundations of the world in God when God created Adam he created him let me how do I say this God you created him blameless he created him like God he created him with God's mind but Satan came in and corrupted things and it's not that God didn't know it but or didn't know that it was going to happen. So God had a plan through Jesus Christ that he would send Jesus into the world and Jesus would restore us back to that very same state. There's a state. When you hear the word restoration, you're talking about going back to a state of being. So you need to, you need to understand that. What is restoration? So before I start getting into the word, let's, I want to define it, right? Register, rest, not register, restoration is a process of returning you to a previous state of being. And the previous state of being is not broke, being broke. And it's not being broke up. It's not being in detriment, distress, discouraged. Depressed. It's not none of those things. Oppressed. That's not who you were in God. Full of joy. Full of promise. Full of peace. Full of grace. Full of goodness. Full of glory. Full of might. Full of strength. I'm calling out things that you need to grab to. You need to gravitate to. You need to grab a hold of. And you need to claim it in your life. These things are, are the characters and the, and the, 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 the the way God looked and the way you looked in him. And now you live in him and through him. You, this is how you're supposed to be processing everything Jesus Christ has done. It's through him. It's in him. You live and move and have your being. So God wants you to receive grace and receive the redemption that, that saves you and redeem you. But God, you know, when you redemption and restoration, you can't really separate them. They come together. They're a package that they come together because what redemption did, right? It couldn't do totally without also restoring you to redeem you. Right. He bought you. He took care of you because there was a price. Redemption means blood has to be shared. You've been bought with a price. So you've been redeemed. But to be redeemed means you've been redeemed from something and restored to something. He didn't just redeem you from something and leave you in the same state. He redeemed you from something and restored you to something at the same time. So the moment Jesus redeemed you, he also restored you at the same time. So when you receive your redemption, also receive your restoration. I thank you, God. I confess. If you confess you've been saved, then you confess you've been restored. Because they came together. (laughs) You see that? They came together. So, it says here, he has redeemed you. Right? And you've been forgiven of your sins. Right? Who is the image of the visible God, the firstborn of every creature. For him all things were created that are in heaven, in the earth, visible and invisible. Whether it be thrones, dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. He In him all things he might have preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. All fullness dwells in him. He dwells in you. You're full up. You're full up of the Son. The fullness of God is in you. Did you hear what I said? I said you're full of Jesus Christ. That means total victory, total restoration, total peace is in you. If you look down at verse uh, 20, it says, having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now have he reconciled you. He's brought you back into harmony with himself in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, unreproved in his sight. And if you continue in the faith grounded 
and settled, see, settled, be not removed away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard. Don't be unsettled. That's what Satan's trying to do. Trying to tell you, no, you can't get that. God's not going to do that. That's not going to happen. This is not going to come to pass. No, you can't. You're not going to be healed. No, you got to deal with this for the rest of your life. No, don't receive that. No, you're going to be broke forever. Don't receive that. The hope that is before you is in Jesus Christ. Look at that. Don't be unsettled. Stand grounded in the faith that which you have heard. That's why I'm here speaking. That's why others are speaking to you. Why? We want you to get excited and grab hope from the word of God and not be unsettled, but be settled. And I know what it's like to be unsettled. I know what it's like to have have the enemy tagging you, talking to you, trying to come in and take your uh, 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 your mind or distort what you're thinking, how you're feeling, always in your mind, playing tricks on you. Uh-huh. Like the old song by the old rap group when I was growing up, my mind playing tricks on me. Your mind don't have to be playing tricks on you. Get into God, walk with him, get in the word and, and, and give your mind over to God's word and tell Satan, going back to his, his, his little territory where he came from, going back down to the old pits where he lives at. He's telling him he don't have a right to be in your mind. Tell Satan he don't have a right. He don't have authority. You have authority over him. Voice your authority. Don't let him just come there and sit there and talk to you and not voice your authority. So God wants you to understand this because you, when you got redeemed, you also got restored. You was reconciled. The redemption brought reconciliation. It brought you into harmony, but it also brought you restoration. You've been restored. Redeemed, restored. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter three. Hallelujah. Yeah. Then we'll jump back over here to the, 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 uh, we'll jump back over here to probably to Jeremiah is where I want to go. So I want you to understand this. Look at this. But no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident the just shall live by faith. How are we going to live? By faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. So Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law. The curse of the law. The law is doing was doing it without God. All you had was the law. You were trying to do it in your own human effort. So Christ redeemed you from being able to have to do it just in your own power yourself in the law. Now, there's many who walked in God in the Old Testament who understood righteousness before God ever really truly sent Jesus to make them righteous. Many of the old prophets, David had a vision and a understanding of righteousness before Jesus ever come. Isaiah understood that. Zechariah understood it. Joshua understood it. Moses understood it. God showed them and spoke to them and had relationship with them. He didn't have a relationship with everybody, but he had some special ones chosen out that he had relationship with. Abraham understood righteousness. He was before the law. Abraham was righteous with God. The Bible calls him the father of righteousness. He's the father of faith. Why? Because he is accounted to him as righteousness. Not the father of righteousness. I meant the father of faith, by the way. It was accounted to him as righteousness. And God wants you to know that just like Abraham, he wants to spend time talking to you. What was that supposed to be like? The same way it was with Adam. The other day I was walking in the park and I was there with God and God says, I want you to do two things. I want you to put your arm out. I want you to walk and I want you to envision me walking with you in the cool of the day. That's how I walk with Adam. He says, but I want you to put your arm out because I want you to see us married together. Everywhere you go, I go. Everything you do, I do. Now picture that for yourself. Yeah, I go walking with God. I'm practicing going, taking literally walks and talking to God while I walk. Now I can do that here in my house, but I need to walk. <laughs> so I go walking with him. 
<laughs> Glory be to God. <laughs> yeah, I need to walk. I don't need to ride my bike. I go biking with God. Yeah. I go driving in my car with God. Let the windows down. Let my rooftop open. Let the fresh wind hit me and I go talking. Yeah. Sorry about hitting that microphone. I'm just talking to you. Want you to feel a refreshing as I speak to you today. God wants you to be restored from all this issues and all this drama and all the stuff you're hearing. God says, don't, don't, I don't need, don't panic about what you're hearing about the finances. Listen, I'll take care of you. Matthew 6, I'll take care of you. Don't you worry about today. Don't you worry about tomorrow. Look at today. If I take care of the birds of the air, the fish, the, the, you know, of the sea, if I take care of the lilies and the flowers in, in, in the grass, will I not much more take care of you? You're my children. You're my daughter. You're my son. Will I not take care of you? God will take care of you. And God's taking care of you now. Sickness and disease can't have you. Debt and lack can't have you. Depression, oppression can't have you. You are an overcomer. You have God's DNA. The blood of Jesus is in you. The blood of Jesus runs through you. He's inside of you. You know, the other day, uh, man, I'm trying to get to this restoration. And now the Holy Spirit is taking me a different way. I was just looking but this, 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 this is process of restoration. This is why you need to understand the blood of Jesus Christ because redemption came through the blood. Restoration came through the blood. Now we, we practice communion and a lot of you guys do it, you know, at church. I do it at home. Uh, as often as God tells me to, I try to do it. And sometimes I go days doing it, like sometimes weeks of doing it in a row. And, and there's a part of me that, that I try to practice it as much as I can. When Satan tries to attack my mind or Satan tries to attack my family, I go to communion. I practice restoration. And, and what am I telling them? I'm not really doing it for God. I'm doing it so Satan can understand and see what happened when God told Moses to tell the Israelites to put that on their doorpost, the blood. Now, do you know why God told them to put it on the doorpost and not on the house? Because the house back then wasn't really made out of much of nothing. The doorpost was made out of stone and they would put their names of their houses or their last name on their doorpost of their house. You need to listen to this. They would put their name on the doorpost of those houses. And the place where he told them to put the blood was over their names on those doorposts. I learned this from. A Jewish minister, the place where they would put the, the, their names on those doorposts, right? It's the same place where God told them to cover the blood and put it on the doorpost on each side of their. They had two doorposts. They were made of stone. The rest of the house was kind of made of like, like they weren't built very. Remember, these guys were slaves to the Egyptians and their houses weren't necessarily built like the Egyptian. They were starting to build their houses like the Egyptians because they were taking Egyptian ways. So they had, they weren't no longer in tents. They had built houses, but the houses were built a little bit out of like mud. And so the doorpost was built out of stone. And because they were stable, God told them to put it on the doorpost of the house and the doorpost of the house had their names on it. So when they put the blood over their names, they covered their names up, showing the blood covering up their names, right? Their, their names meant something. See, see to the Egyptians who put it on there, this process of putting the names on the doorpost came from the Egyptians, and they would leave theirs like that. So the Egyptians obviously didn't receive the word to cover their names up. So this meant two things. It was a shadow of when you received Jesus Christ, your name was written in the book of life, covered under the blood. But it was also a shadow of the redemption and the restoration that Jesus would give you through his blood. That's why we do the communion right now, showing that we're covered by the blood. No sickness can have us. No death can have us. No drama can have us. No marriage issues. No financial issues. What do we do? We're recognizing the power that's in his blood. So it was a shadow of them recognizing the power of the blood. And they did it with an animal sacrifice. But you and I get a chance to partake of Jesus Christ the hope of glory who's on the inside of us and we are covered
covered by his blood because we have him in us. They didn't have them on the inside out. We have him on the inside manifesting outward of us when we tap into his power. And that blood has been, has redeemed us from the same thing that blood was redeeming them from the attacks. That death angel couldn't come and attack them because they had their names covered with the blood on the doorpost of their house. He had no rights to them. If they could do that with an animal sacrifice, then how much more when you apply the blood of Jesus Christ to your life can you withstand and and, and, and defeat every enemy coming against you. So no matter what you're dealing with and no matter what you got going on in your life, you have the blood of Jesus Christ. Your DNA is not the DNA of your mama and daddy here on earth. It's the DNA of your heavenly father that runs through Jesus Christ, your elder brother, your Lord and Savior, your King of Kings who has redeemed you. Glory to God. He's redeemed you and he's restored you. Yeah. Restoration runs all through this word. Restoration runs all through the Bible. You won't find a place where God hasn't been trying to show his people. I restored you. So let's go to Jeremiah 31. Hallelujah. Man, I'm getting excited. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> glory to God. Jeremiah 31. Uh, hallelujah. Well, in Jeremiah 31, it says, at the same time, said the Lord, verse one, I'm reading from the King James. Will I be the God of all the families of Israel? Now, Israel was God's chosen people, but through the death, burial, resurrection, Jesus synced us up together. When we, the same Jesus who was their king is the, our, our king too. That's why you're supposed to be praying for Israel. Pray for those. Pray for them, you know? I don't put my mouth on people, but I definitely don't put my mouth on the Israelites. And I look at how our presidency, I look at how our people treat God's people, Israel. They are. I look at what goes on in the Middle East and I try to look at it carefully. I pray. Israel still belongs to God. You belong to God. You belong to God. We're family. Yes, we're family. We're one of their strongest allies and they're one of our strongest allies. But we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we should we should maintain praying for each other. Praying for them and praying for each other. So we keep reading down here. Thus said the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness. Even Israel, when I came, when I went to cause, to cause him to rest. See, God was calling them to rest. The Lord has appeared of old. Unto me saying, yay, I have loved you with an everlasting love. God loved you and he is not going to change concerning his love for you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. How is God going to draw you? Through loving kindness. He's not trying to put these things up on you. He says it over there in the book of Exodus. I would put none of these diseases upon you. I won't put disease on you. I won't put disease on you. You get the difference? I won't put disease on you and I won't put disease on you. God's not giving you a spirit of disease and he's not giving you the spirit of disease. Hallelujah. Receive that. Receive that. God want put these things on you. Now, is there a point in time that you might let some stuff in? There's a point in time where you might miss the mark with God and things come in? Yes. And God will still remind you, I restored you. I, you know, I went through a battle a few years ago. We went through COVID stuff. And I know we lost a lot of loved ones. I know we lost a lot of stuff. You know, from, but there's a lot of people that I knew who had COVID that didn't really know, know God. Now, you might have known people that know him, and that's different. But did they know their authority? Did they know the promises that God says I'll restore you? That God says I won't put diseases on you. You understand that? You know that? God says I won't put it on you, so don't receive it. You know, and, and I'll share this with you, that, that there are things coming that God's trying to prepare us for so that we won't be caught off guard. And he wants to showcase who we are as his children. I see in the spirit where 
troubles are coming and I see issues coming, but God's people are not being affected. And people are going to say, what's going on? Why you didn't? I don't know why. This issue with the finances got me all bothered. This stuff going on in the U.S. got me all messed up in my head. This stuff going on with the president and this stuff going on with the, with the, with the, you know, economy. Why you not worried about it? And they look at you and they see you, you guys prospering you. They see God's giving you witty inventions and ideas to make different kinds of money in different kinds of places, different businesses. Listen, man, don't you settle for nothing. Settle only for what you hear God saying. Let God talk to you. Let God speak to you. Let God direct you. Let God order your steps. I'm telling you, God wants his people spending time with the one-on-one. And today is the time for you to start doing that. Start talking. Even if you don't know how to, just start praying. Look, find, man, you can find prayers on the internet. You can find scriptures to just pray to God. Scriptures about restoration. Scriptures about financial issues. Take them scriptures and start praying over God and let that be your way of opening a door and talking to God. Now, I know that's the Holy Ghost. When I'm researching and I'm sitting here, uh, things that I want to talk to you or things that I want to know deeper things about, I don't just go into the Bible by myself. The Bible's online. I go and research certain things that I want to know about, certain scriptures I want to pull up. Then I dive into them and then I open my Bible and I start reading and I start asking God and talking to him about what I'm reading. Show me this. Talk to me. Then when I go on my walk, I told you I walk with God. When I go riding my bike, I told you I ride my bike with God. I start talking to him about him. I was having that anxiety. I said, God, where is this coming from? How did I let it in? And he showed me one, one of the issues of how I let it in. I asked him for forgiveness to move on. But God's restoring me. He ain't going to leave me like that. I might have brought it on myself, but he ain't going to leave me like that. And he's not going to leave you. God won't leave you. God make me want to see. God won't forsake you. He won't ever leave you. (laughs) He won't ever forsake you. No. (laughs) God's not going to leave you. My spiritual mother, boy, she would get up and she would sing. And I'm telling you, man. I find myself singing sometimes about the goodness of God. Man, he won't leave you. He's restoring you. Glory to God. Man, I think about that. Glory to God. The power of God coming into the church, coming into the room when she would begin to sing in the spirit. You better learn how to talk to God for yourself. Learn how to talk to God and receive from him. He is always there waiting. To talk to you. Let me get back on track. Woo! Glory to God. So he says, I love you with a everlasting love. Well, loving kindness, I'm gonna draw you. Man, it ain't loving kindness when issues are all in your life and God just forsakes you. No, you did that on your own. Stay there. <laughs> that ain't God. <laughs> no, he's gonna restore you. Restoration is your right. Huh? Restoration is your right. Uh, I'm stay, keep a pen right here. We're coming back to it. But, uh, you know, when something pops up in my spirit, I said, let me take you there. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Glory to God. Peace is a part of your restoration, and it's your right. Peace. Therefore, I'm going to read now the NLT. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Now, you got peace with God, but you can also have the peace of God over in Philippians chapter 4. Now, everybody who accepted Jesus Christ got peace with God. That means he reconciled you. But you can have the peace of God, which is that supernatural peace that governs your mind, huh? that surpasses your understanding. You don't know why you got peace. The devil don't even know why you got peace. He don't mess, been messing with you. Don't brought all types of attacks, but you still got peace. Don't brought all types of stuff in your family, but you still got peace. Don't attack your marriage, but you still got peace. He don't attack your money, but you still got peace. See, there's a difference with the peace with God and a peace of God and God wants to give you the peace with him. He wants to convert it with the peace of God and that happens when you spend daily time with God. You'll get the peace of God. You can't spend time with God and not have the peace of God. Glory, glory, glory. (laughs) Come on. I got the peace of God. Glory. I got the peace of God. Yeah. 
with whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only, not only so, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. What does that mean? Look, it ain't gonna last always. You heard that song? I'm so glad. Doom, doom. Papa da boom, boom, boom. Trouble don't last always. Huh? Y'all remember that? Then he said, weeping may endure for the night, but keep the faith. It will be all right. <laughs> what was he saying? Look, trouble don't last. You're going to have some trouble. It don't last. Why? You've been restored. That's all they were saying. That's all they were saying in that song. Weeping may endure for the night, but keep the faith. It will be all right. Yeah. Why it's going to be all right. If you stay in faith, it ain't going to last. It can't. I know that's not politically correct English, but I said ain't. I'm a southern boy, and I said ain't. Yeah. It ain't gonna last always. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoy me. It's not. It's not. Laugh. It's not gonna last always. It's not gonna last always. And the reason why it's not gonna last is because it can't. It can't. Not if you walk in faith. Not if you're walking with God. So that's what he's saying here. Tribulation work of patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope make us not ashamed. See, you're not going to be ashamed. You've been restored. You've been restored. You've been restored. Yeah. So he says in whom we have access by faith into this grace. By faith, we received the grace and grace brought restoration. Grace brought redemption. Grace brings us that hope. Grace brings us that, that reconciliation and communion we now have with God. Grace gives us the ability to do what we can do on our own. Grace. We have access into this grace. You couldn't restore yourself. Grace is the ability to do what you can do on your own. So grace restored you. And grace is Jesus Christ. He has restored you. He hath restored you. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 5 and 21 tells us, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The moment you was made the righteousness of God in him by believing on the Jesus Christ and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, redemption set in, restoration came in, but redemption was automatically done. You just had to receive it. Same thing with restoration. When you receive Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, redemption and restoration, reconciliation, being rescued all happen at the same time. Now there's a process redemption. You received it and you got saved. Well, say that's been completed, but your process of being restored back to all things in Christ Jesus, even though he's completed it, you're going to have to walk some of that out. Just like renewing your mind as you renew your mind to the things of God and the promises of God, you'll be restored back to what those promises say belongs to you. That's why when people are going through things, I say, go find the word for what you're dealing with. So God can fully manifest the restoration that you're believing for the manifest what you're believing for if you broke busted and disgusted and you you asking god to give you a job that helps you to make more money and, and or uh, go beyond that a, a business ideal something where you create uh, wealth in your life th- then you go find scriptures for that and, sh- and god there's plenty of them in the bible where god says i don't want you to be broke where god says that i created you to be wealthy where god says wealth and riches are in your house and you go speak those words let them build up into you you, you start confessing those words. You put your faith in it. You start trusting God in it. And you start talking to God about those scriptures. That's going to start manifesting in your life. And you're going to see full restoration in that area. It's in every area. You got some issues going on. You and your husband don't get along very well. Go find reconciliation scriptures and peace scriptures and, and, and scriptures where you're talking about strife and, and putting strife down out of your life. So strife don't come in and upset the, the, the promises of God in y'all's life. Go find scriptures and start talking about, it. you know, one want to go away, one wants to leave. Go find scriptures to talk about the marriage and, and how you put things and cast cares on God. And don't try to fix everything yourself. And start talking noise to him. And start talking back to him. And he talking back to you. And now y'all want to hit on each other. No, don't do that. Don't do that. 
Well, somebody's got to keep a calmer head. Somebody's got to listen to God. Huh? Somebody's got to learn the vocabulary of silence. You'll learn what that means in a minute. You can write me and talk to me about it. Pastor Fred at madeachampion.com. The vocabulary of silence. That's me telling you to to take a chill pill. <laughs> in a nice way. <laughs> One of, one of my mentors I heard say that you need to learn the vocabulary of silence <laughs> I got it I know what that means now you tell me what it means to you hallelujah so he's restored you you're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus and he's restored you so that's Romans chapter 5 turn back to Jeremiah 31 we're going to continue talking from Jeremiah 31 perspective now look at this you know the Bible says in, in, in Psalms 23, he restores your soul. He restores what? He restores your soul. He restores your mindset. Huh? And, 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 and Joel, the book of Joel, chapter two, God says, I'll restore the years that the locust has eaten in the cake of worm. I'll restore to you. God's promises of restoration is everywhere. Look, you've been fighting debt. Uh, there's some things we allowed in our lives and we had to go deal with it. God started, uh, God opened doors. He showed us plans, you know, stuff that we're still doing now. You know, God says, I didn't tell you to do that in the ministry. I had to go and ask God to repent, you know. Sometimes I find myself doing it more than I think I should, but I don't let Satan stop me from walking in my blessing. No, I, I said, God, I miss you. I was trying to do it. All. A lot of times we try to do stuff on our own, but grace says, you need me. Talk to me. I'll show you. So God will restore you. Huh? God will keep you. He wants to open up new vats. Show you where new wine is at. God wants to give you wine that doesn't cease or stop flowing. He wants you to keep on increasing and enlarging. God wants to enlarge the place of your dwelling. He wants you to have houses and lands. He wants you to have a strong, healthy family and strong, healthy marriage. Restore. Restore. But you gotta, you gotta know where the promise is at. And when you read the promise, you say, God, restore me. David said, restore me, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He was going through some, some trying times and he said, God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I don't know if you ever been there, lost your joy, but sometimes I've been there where I feel like I didn't have my joy that I wanted. And I said, God, restore me the joy, the joy of my salvation. The old Wyden's brother had a song used to talk about, said, restore me. Restore the joy of my salvation. Y'all remember that? Huh? Y'all know, I, I love me some music now. Used to, they used to have that. That was their old song. Restore me. Huh? Restore the joy of my salvation. Yeah, he wants to restore more than your joy. He wants to restore you back to all things. Before Adam sinned. Restore you. See yourself whole. See yourself. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken in your life. Restored. I call restoration unto you. I call the peace of God in your life. I call the promises of God. They are yes and amen. But just because I'm calling them, you got to receive them. You got to know that those promises belong to you. The promise of increase belongs to you. The promise of health belongs to you. God says, I wish above all things thou mayest prosper and be in health. Wealth and health, God says, I want you to have. But what do you believe? What are you thinking? What are you saying? What are you confessing? What are you talking to God about? God wants you healthy. God wants you wealthy. God wants your marriage to prosper. God wants your children to, to live a joyful and, and, and life in him, serving him. And they may look bad to the bone right now. Bad, <laughs> bad to the bone. <laughs> I'm gonna mess with y'all, and then I'm gonna jump right back to the word. <laughs> I just came up out of me. Bad. That might be what y'all thinking. Bad. <laughs> I know I sound funny. <laughs> Glory to God. They're not that bad. 
you, you was at one time, man. That's what your mama probably said. Get on out of here with your bad self. You ain't getting nothing. Yeah. No, you put them before God. He wants to restore you. He is restoring you. He has restored you. So back to, to Jeremiah. <laughs> I'm going to finish you guys. That's my goal. Jeremiah 31. Lord, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me to move on and, and finish this. It says in verse 4, Jeremiah 31, again, I will build thee and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned. With the tabrets and go forth in the dances of them that make merry. God wants you to live joyfully. You see that? Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall eat and shall eat them as common things. I mean, he says it's going to become ordinary. It's going to, these things are going to be, look, they're not spigots. Where it's coming in and out of your life. Some days, some, no, no. God says this is going to become the ordinary practice. Glory to God. God, I thank you for that. Thank you for revealing that to us right here on the airways, God. The things that don't even seem common in your life right now, that God wants to be common. Restoration. The stuff that you're dealing with, God says, I don't want that to be common. I'm going to show you. I'm going to manifest my goodness and my glory. That's what I want to be common in your life. You're going to continue to eat. You're going to continue to eat. You're going to continue to plant and you're going to eat. And it's going to become common to you. Go find the word of God so you can eat good. It's going to become common. Go find scriptures of what you want in your life and declare. It's going to become common. It's not going to be unordinary no more. That's what's wrong in in the body of Christ. We're starting to accept some of the stuff that's happening in the world as ordinary for us. And that's not our ordinary way of living. Our ordinary way of living is the abundant Zoe life that God lives. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God wants us to live the Zoe life. He wants that to be our ordinary way of living. It was the way he designed it in the name of Jesus. It's what God wants for you and I. Look at that. For there shall be a day that the watchman upon the Mount, uh, upon Mount Ephraim shall cry and you and and arise you and let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. For thus said the Lord, sing with gladness, sing, worship God, sing with gladness. Jacob, that's Israel, shout among the chief of the nations, publish ye, praise ye and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel, the remnant of Israel. What is he saying? Cry out aloud, cry for that restoration, speak out for that restoration. Praise God for that restoration. Worship God for restoration. Go over to Isaiah 42. In Isaiah 42, God's talking about, uh, and, and, you know, uh, there's none that says restore. He says, and this is a people in verse, I think this is a verse 22. And this is a people robbed and spoiled. Isaiah 40, 42, verse 22. They are all of them snared in holes. They are hid in prison houses. God don't want you locked up. Huh? They are for a prey and none delivers for a spoil and nobody says restore. Maybe they didn't know how. Maybe they didn't have the light of the world on the inside of them because they didn't. But you have Jesus on the inside of you and he says you're being restored. You need to start talking about God. I thank you. I'm restored. I thank you, you know, that money we lost is coming back to us. It's what Satan took from us. No, he restores to us sevenfold. He has to restore. He had double for my trouble. Restoration is coming. I don't know what you've been dealing with. I don't know what you seem like lost. You wouldn't have to pay some medical bills. I know I have had to over the past two years with things that we had to battle against. But I thank God for restoration. And I thank God that he's kept me and that I haven't lacked while I went through that. But I ain't forgot. Satan still owes me. Satan still owes me. He has to restore me what I had to pay out. Sickness and disease is not God's plan. And because I had to pay out for it, he's going to restore me that money that I've had to pay out. 
Glory to God. That's for somebody. You know, I wasn't even thinking about it for myself, but I thank God now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about it, girl. <laughs> it's on my mind now. That foul-footed beast got to give me my money back. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go over to Isaiah uh, uh, 41 and says, listen, God's prophesying him. Isaiah's prophesying about Jesus. He says, behold, my servant whom I hold, mine elect and whom I sold the light of. I have put my spirit upon him and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall, he shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break. And the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth and the owls shall wait for his law. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus got to go judge this law. He had to come back and judge it. And he was going to come back and judge it with his blood. Thus saith the Lord God, he that created the heavens and scratched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it and the spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand. I will keep thee and I will give thee for a covenant for the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prison from the prison and them sit in, them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, and that is my name, and my glory will not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Now, he was talking to Isaiah about the promise of restoration that was about to come through Jesus Christ. That restoration is what God wants you to cling to. And God wants you to know that that promise belongs to you right now. Listen to this over in Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse uh, 17. We'll start with, for I will restore health unto thee and I will heal thee of all thy wounds, saith the Lord, because thy, they call you an outcast, saying this is Zion whom no man looks after. See, a lot of people say in the church, ain't no, nobody doing nothing in the church. Look at the church. They worse than we are. God says, no, that ain't going to stay the case. They ain't going to mess up my name. God says, I'm going to show forth my, my glory. Look at this. He says, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents and have mercy on his dwelling place. And the city shall be built upon her own heap. And the palace shall remain after the manner thereof. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. God wants you to proceed with thanksgiving. And the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them, and it shall not be a few. And I will also glorify them, and it shall not be small. They shall not be small. Their children also shall be as aforetime. And their congregation shall be established before me. And I will punish all that oppress them. God's coming after your enemies. Satan better be on the attack, on the, on the lookout, because God's coming after him. God's going going to restore you. God's going to restore. I said, God's going to restore you. God's going to show you and showcase, make a showcase out of you. He's going to show forth the world, the glory that he has over you. Now I know things don't look that way right now. Maybe, maybe some things look a little bleak, but that bleakness doesn't mean that God's not working behind the scene. God's about to turn around this thing that we're facing and, and, and where it looks like we're coming up against attack and attack and the body of Christ is, is losing. No, we're not losing we're winning you just maintain maintain the course you stay in faith you stay walking lock stock in grip with god and you begin to just confess god's word the turnaround is coming restoration time is now restoration is here right now i decree restoration is on your life i decree a time of refreshing i decree the glory of god glory to god is on your life glory to god god's moving in you right now god's stirring up the water for you right now. God's turning this thing around for you right now. I believe we receive the goodness of God. Glory to God. Do you believe that? You receive that? Hallelujah. Man, God's going to heal you of all your wounds. God's going to change this thing. Woo-wee. Man, I can remember one time long ago, uh, I was there back home in Little Rock and, and, and 
we were sitting there at, at church and we were going through some stuff and we got a chance to sow this, this, we were called, it was called a turnaround seed. We were going through some stuff. We kind of lost our house to fire and some things that we had going on and we didn't really know what, how we were going to change some things. Me and my wife, what was going to happen. This was before we really knew how to walk in increase, but God was showing us how to trust Him and, and we didn't have a whole lot, but we, but Pastor Thar talking about this turnaround seed, turnaround seed. Man, we, we play, we, it, I think it was $38. It was for some numbers that he, that meant turnaround. And we multiplied that, uh, I think for, for the every person we had in our house at that time, four, four people. And we planted that and gave it into the, to the church. And we wrote on top of that check what we were believing God for. You know, we put the scripture on it that we were standing on. That's why it's a seed because the scripture came with it. it ain't a seed just because you planted money. No, it's a seed when you start calling it with the word of God and putting the word of God on it. That's the seed. The ultimate seed is the word of God. And we did it without even really knowing what we did that's we, we we were just told by god to write our you know uh we had been to dr leroy thompson talking about i'll never be broke another day in our life and we put that on it there and we said the word of god and spoke it and let me tell you something god turned the tide for us i mean there are people that gave to us there are people that brought things for us there are organizations that work with us man we walked into our new house with more than enough more than enough I don't know what you got going on in your life today. I don't know what you need God to restore you from, but I'm telling you, he is more than enough. Restoration has come. Restoration is here. And God wants you to walk into it. Listen, it says those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And Isaiah, uh, uh, it tells us that over in Isaiah 40, 31, they will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's restoration. God's going to renew you. He's going to restore you. He's going to give you back your strength. Isaiah 61 and 7 says, instead of your shame, you shall receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. Get up and dance. Everlasting joy is yours. Lift your hands up. Everlasting joy is yours. Now, you may be driving. Put one hand up and keep driving. Don't close your eyes, though. You got to drive. You don't want to hit nobody while you're sitting there right now in your car. Wherever you are, everlasting joy is yours. God wants you to know he is the joy of your salvation. He's restoring your joy. He's restoring your hope. He's restoring you. And the promises of God, you're going to see they're coming to pass. You believe that? Believe it and receive it. Hallelujah. I'm lifting my hands up right now here in the, in the broadcast room. And I'm just thanking God he's doing that for you right now. Hallelujah. Ooh, that's my teaching time. Hey, before I leave, I want to pray over you, so lift your hands up. If you're here and you're on the sound of my voice right now and you're going through a tax, I pray this prayer over you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for the grace of God that's sufficient for every person. God, I thank you, Father God, you, that you will not put them in a place of temptation that is above that which they are able to escape, but you will provide a way for them to escape. You will give them the word, Father. I thank you for the peace of God which transcends their understanding to guard their minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. No matter what they're up against, God, I thank you for victory. As you said with Joshua, I will not fail you and you will not fail your people. I decreed it is victory time for your people right now, Father. I thank you for the goodness of God and the glory of God coming and manifesting a greater glory in their lives right now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, if you are never have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, say this, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. I realize I'm a sinner. But today I ask you to come into the life and make me brand new. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And then on the third day, he rose again. And Father, I thank you that because of this prayer, I am now a son of God. And I am the righteous of God. Show me how to live and how to continue to walk in your goodness and favor all the days of my life. If that's you and you prayed that prayer, please write me at Pastor Fred at madeachampion.com so we can get some materials or ebook into your hand to help you in your daily living with Jesus Christ. God bless you and thank you for joining the body of Christ. Hey, every Friday is Giving Friday. If you would like to be a blessing to this ministry, all you gotta do is text 
G-I-V-E. Again, text G-I-V-E and the dollar amount to 979-243-2148. And our app is going to pop up that's going to allow you to give by check or by credit card. You can do so there. Or you can give by uh, check through our uh, uh, mailing address at the end of this broadcast. Listen, I thank you. God wants to bless you. Whenever you give, you give based on what the king tells you to give. That is Jesus Christ. Whatever he speaks into your heart, you give. That's going to be the ultimate blessing. And it's going to flow and increase. It's going to prosper in your life. I believe that. So you receive it in Jesus name. You can also give by going to our website at www.winninginlife.madeachampion.com. www.winninginlife.madeachampion.com. That's also where our podcasts are. And if you'd like to listen to this broadcast in its entirety, please tune in to Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music by turning to Winning in Life with Frederick Leon. You'll see my pretty face there. Please click the subscribe button. Hey, that's our time for the day. So come back next week. We'll be here on the same channel right here on on the radio dial or on our podcast. Hey, I love you. I'm always praying for you. As Oral Roberts always says, something good is happening on your behalf today. You have to believe you receive and you walk in the goodness of God. As I like to say, I love you. God loves you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about that. See you next week. We hope that you enjoyed that message from Frederick. We are here to partner with you so that you can win in every area of life. If you would like to contact Frederick, you can do so via email at pastorfred at madeachampion.com or write us at Victorious Life Ministries, 4621 South Cooper Street, Suite 131, Box 611, Arlington, Texas, 76017. We love to hear from you. Thank you. And remember, you are a champion.